Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 39, Season 3 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the World Cup. Tonight's our season finale and also our 99th episode. So I'll bring Richie on. Evening, Richie. Um, the World Cup's now over, and um, there were some reasonably entertaining matches in the weekend in the finals. But first of all, how was your weekend, and what did you think of those matches? The weekend was good, Brad. N- none of the matches really produced a result I was after, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Enjoyable to watch nonetheless, but you're right, it's... Um, last episode of the season tonight so a little bit of sweet we get to chat some footy but then we're forced to take a break for a while yeah um and due to the longer season next year it's not as long a break as it was last year um obviously the world cup pushed us out a bit too but um been been quite a few weeks this year uh but while we're here on Wednesdays, um, you can also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio. just remember search for new zealand sport radio as always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of the three finals matches. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys, as well as some questions we got for each other. Um, and then we'll end the night um, wrapping up our 2022 season thoughts. Um, so it should be a good chat. And remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show. Um, see Mikey's here. Evening, Mikey. Um, hey, Mikey. We may as well just jump straight into the stories, Richie. Sure, mate. Um, we'll start with a, a bit of um, Samoan love. Um, Samoan coach Matt Parrish has confirmed that him and Christian Wolf have been discussing playing um, matches between Tonga and Samoa in both countries, in both Tonga and Samoa, um, saying that, you know, it's clear. Um, yes, uh, sorry, Paul. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, what's your thoughts on that? Um, he was basically saying that the support that both um, countries give their sides is fantastic and it would be great to actually take games back to the islands. Um, I think it would be a great idea. Um, you've been to Samoa, I've been to Tonga, so um, I can say from the Tonga, it's a lovely place to go to. Um, I'll let you talk about Samoa, but what's your thoughts on um, them taking it back to the islands? Yeah, 
also a lovely place to go to. Uh, um, it would be fantastic if they could logistically get that over the line. I think I think they'd get a ton of support from and uh, either in either island. So it'd be awesome to see, wouldn't it? Um, see them give back to a couple of islands which have given so much to the game over the past over the past few years and and had unbelievable unbelievable amount of support. Yeah, and Paul's just put a question up saying when would they fit the games in, which kind of goes into another bit of news I had. They spoke with um, Junior Bolo for the Samoan captain, and he's called for more international fixtures each year. Um, he said that despite the busy schedule, they need to keep it up because it's clear the fans love it. So it, it is very tight. There's so much footy that they try to squeeze in. Um, but, and like what Paul said there, um, imagine the holiday tours you could have. Yeah, there's so many... Um, money-making factors you could do. You could get Kiwis and Aussies um, going on like a, a tiki tour through the islands, watching the footy and all that. I think it'd be great. It's just trying to fit it in somewhere, but it does need to happen, as um, Junior has said. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, I would love for it to be the case. Um, logistically, it's just where, the, where to fit it in. Like you've already said, the NRL season does eat up a lot of a lot of the year um that's where it differs from things like super rugby over in the other code um so fitting it in makes makes a bit of a challenge uh but would love to see more international games obviously you and i have always been big advocates for the international game and yeah and you know you do get great support particularly with your island nation Samoa tonga um be great to see a lot of these quality players get more rep games under their belt and not just have that saved for state of origin yeah and simon's kind of said he, he doesn't want to have to say it but he um thinks the islands um won't be able to um like actually be able to manage and host the matches that could be a bit of a, a case too i haven't got to go to um i didn't go to the stadium in um in tonga um but you know they've they've hosted games at Mount Smart before. They could make it work for a one-off. I don't. I really don't know. I'm sure there needs to be a lot more discussions when it comes to making it work. I just think it would be good to happen. Um, and yeah, Paul's mentioned that they had Super Rugby games in Samoa. Um, so I, I believe they could make it work. It's just going to need a bit of time to actually get it all together. Um, but I'll continue with the, the Samoa news. We've got other stuff too. But um, the International Rugby League are rumoured to be considering promoting Samoa and Tonga to Tier 1 nations, which would restrict several players from playing State of Origin. I know I talked about it last week, um, saying that there's more than just performing well internationally that makes you a Tier 1 nation. It all goes to your grounds roots. But it looks like International Rugby League didn't want to listen to me, Richie. So... Um, despite that, uh, multiple Samoan players have actually pledged their allegiance to Samoa moving forward, saying that even if that happened, they would rather play for Samoa. So um, what's your take? Do you think Origin's going to start making some extra rule changes? I know Fittler was a fan of it, mainly because of all the Samoans in his team. Um, but what do you reckon is going to happen if the International Rugby League board um, move forward with this? I don't know about about Tongan Samoa being promoted to Tier 1 based off... I, I thought there was other factors involved 
um, such as having a domestic competition and all that all that kind of jazz as well. I can understand from a performance point of view where since last World Cup, um, the Pacific Islands have been on the rise and, and have actually started challenging and beating the bigger teams. So, yeah, oh, I'm not sure, mate. I don't know the answer, to be fair. Um, the the eligibility thing has always been such a great area in league, but I, I, I kind of think that Samoan and Tongan players should be able to play Origin as well, as long as they... Uh, a lot of the players that do are born either born or have lived in Australia, New South Wales forever. or Queensland since they were young kids, or either that or born there. So... Um, really they're Australians as well um, representing the heritage so yeah Um, and yeah Simon said that Samoa and Tonga getting tier one structures potentially a liability for them I think it is um, because as much as some of those Samoan players are saying they'll stick with Samoa the ones that know they're going to be regular origin players might leave those teams and then you've got a Tonga and Samoa team that hasn't got the star power that it does and then you've got a tier one nation that maybe isn't quite up to scratch anymore and then what do you do do you push them back down and then they get strong again because all those players go back uh, i don't know yeah you end up uh, you end up with it being just australia and new zealand the good international teams if you take a lot of those um someone players out hmm. but um yeah it's it's a funny one mate but I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it has to be much different from the way it is. Um, they should. They should be promoting the international game, in my opinion. Maybe it's just because I'm not from Australia and and don't. I support New South Wales, but I, it's not do or die for me, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, um, Paul. England as well, mate. England as well, Paul. England couldn't even beat a tier two nation, Paul. So. Um... <laughs> Well, they got they got one each. Yeah, yes, yeah, they do. Um, but yeah, we'll keep going on. Um, that was all the Samoan news. I kind of compacted it together. Um, other than oh, the last part was the big turnout for um, the Samoan players at the airport in Australia. Um, was great to see. We're kind of used to it um, with what we've seen at World Cups in New Zealand and everything in New Zealand when it comes to the Tongan community and the Samoan community. But I think for a lot of those Australian-born Samoan players, that might have been a bit of a new experience um, because basically they've all played for Samoa in the UK, so they haven't got to be around where a lot of the Samoans are actually living. So um, they all look pretty chuffed at the airport. You know, They would mm. be disappointed that they, they lost the game we're going to talk about in a bit. But um, seeing that support there, um, it was just great. I think I even used one of the pictures of... Um, all the fans on our our promo for today um but yeah great to see the support for them um but we'll get her back into nrl and nrlw news for a bit um scott prince has been announced as the broncos nrlw um head coach for 2023 um obviously a, a great player in his no his own game um has had um been doing a lot of coaching um in the previous years and um the Broncos, I think they kind of needed a change. Um, after they lost um, lost some key players, they kind of fell off the wayside. Um, 
But yeah, maybe he's the the boost in the arm they need. What do you reckon? Yeah, it was a tough season for the Broncos, the NRLW side, especially given the success that they've been used to. So um, I think it's a good change. Scott Prince, premiership winner in his days with the Tigers, but also um, Queensland representative and, and Kangaroos rep- representative and very good footy brain. So uh, definitely couldn't hurt to have somebody of his calibre in there uh, helping with their setup. Yep. Definitely. And um, with more rumours, we have Dylan Brown. Um, we like to talk about him every couple of weeks. Yep. But um, he's got a lot of suitors for his next contract. Um, but he's actually come out and said that what's best for his family is going to be the deciding factor in what happens. And a lot of um, pundits over across the ditch have basically already said that they're pretty confident he's going to remain with the Eels, um, but that Mitch Moses is most likely on the way out. Um, but what's your take on that? I know um, we've been talking and joking about him, Dylan Brown being a warrior. Um, we we always kind of knew that wouldn't happen. But um, hey, who was joking? <laughs> who was? Jo- I'm not joking. He showed his mm. hand. He wore the jersey. <laughs> he wore the jersey. Um, but what's your take? I I kind of always felt he was going to stay at the Eels. Um, in my heart, it felt like that's a good fit for him. Um, they seem to kind of go up to another level when he's there and they're not mm. going to want to lose both Brown and Moses. So yeah. they're going to pick one of those players and stick with them. So I'm yeah. pretty sure we're going to, yeah. And Mikey said, um, Moses, the Tigers, I do feel that that's where Moses is going to head, which means, yeah, I think they'll throw more than enough money at Brown to make sure he stays at Parramatta. Mm. I heard the dogs might be chasing Moses as well. But, yeah, I think Dylan Brown is a good – obviously, I think he enjoys it there at Parra, and he's come up there for a few years now. So um, it's a shame if Moses were to go, to be to be fair. I think Brown and Moses make a nice combination, and when they're playing together, um, they bounce off each other quite well. But Dylan Brown keeps going. He's still only very young in his early 20s, and he keeps going to higher levels. He went up a gear this season, and – during the World Cup, I thought he's one of the Kiwis' better players. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it yeah. would be hard. It would be hard for Mitch Moses to be a flat track bully um, at the Tigers as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, next bit of news: we had Cooper Johns. Um, he signed a one-year deal with the Seagulls. Um, the the Storm moved them on. Um, I think it's a handy signing. Um, I think. He he's got a lot of talent. Comes from some good stock as well, which, yeah, which pretty helps. Pretty handy stock. Um, and just wasn't really getting those opportunities at Melbourne due to um, the sheer talent that was ahead of him. And um, Seagulls, they kind of have a spot opening up in the halves. I know um, yeah. Josh Schuster is pushed, um, pushing to be the the five eight there. But um, if Cooper shows that he he's got the edge, he should get that spot ahead of him. Um, which, you know, Schuster might have that as a negative against him, the fact that he can play multiple positions. Um, mm. They might say, well, Cooper's playing really well. We're going to move him into the, the halves and we'll push you back out into the, the forwards. Um, that's all speculation on my part, but I think it's a handy signing um, for sure for Manly. It is, and I don't think I don't think Schuster, when he's had his opportunities, he's, he's had flashes but not quite grabbed the ball by the horns completely. And he's still only young. Um, he has a lot of upside, but he's 
probably got to work on the downside in his game as well. But with Foran leaving, I think Cooper Johns is a good signing just in case um, the halves pairing's not working and he, he's he's another good option they can try who's come from a good setup. Yeah. And um, Schuster, to his credit, and had, he came um, back into training earlier preseason, has been really working on dropping some weight. Yeah. Um, and apparently has been doing really well with that. So, um, you know, hope hope he does really well, um, as long as it's not against the Warriors. But um, <laughs> yeah. as Manly seem to have become my second team, um, I'm all for seeing them develop really well. But we'll go to the next bit. Uh, it's a bit interesting. Uh, the Broncos have reportedly told um, Tessie New that he is free to negotiate with rival clubs and leave before the 2023 season kicks off. Um, so sounds like Reese Walsh is showing more promise in the preseason, I would assume. Um, there was a lot of big talk before preseason started that um, Reese is going to have to earn that fullback spot because guys like Tessie New and that have shown that they're, you know, up to the challenge. And it was really Reese's job to take it off them. And so it's gone from talking like that to telling him if he wants to leave, he can. Um, don't know if that's just he's not performing at preseason or there's attitude problems or they've just decided that, you know, they're going to put all the money on Reese. I'm not sure. What's your take on it? And where do you think he'd go? I know the dolphins were interested. Um, I, as, think, as I think, I think that'd be a decent, yeah, but I think that would be a decent shout. Um, hmm. they're, they're definitely looking for backs over there and it's, it's not such a massive move. It's, you know, same city. Um, I'm not too sure what kind of promise Walsh shown in preseason, whether that's linked. If he is, maybe they haven't been doing many drills that involve defense. No, um, it's all yeah. fitness and stuff right now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's all the stuff he's good at. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. Um, obviously, by the time we do our first show um, in the preseason next year, we'll either either know where he's gone or if he's staying. So we'll talk about it more then. Um, but we just talked about Walsh, so we'll talk about another former Warrior. Dejan Arcee has signed a two-year deal with the Eels. Um, I know when he left the Warriors, he was with the Broncos for a little spell, like on a train and trial, but it's great to hear um, he's picked up a decent deal. Um, I love him as a player. I was disappointed that the Warriors didn't offer him more, but I do also understand the reasonings. Um, I might not agree with them, but I understand, you know, how many halves and stuff they had. They didn't really have the room for another one. Um, so I think it's a great deal for the Eels um, to pick him up and hopefully he gets some game time. Um, they've, they've got some pretty handy halves there already, but um, if one of them's deciding to leave, uh, it might change things a bit. Yeah, exactly right, man. I was just going to say, if he's, if he sticks in there long enough, obviously he's got a two-year deal. If Moses does find his way on the out after this season, then there's a spot up for grabs for Dejan. And if that's the case, I really hope he does. And it's always just an injury away as well. So um, I hope if he gets an opportunity there, I hope he really takes it because I was a big – having seen him come here and I thought we probably underutilised him a little bit and when he was – and chopped him when he was in – pretty good form that that he showed and yeah i'm a i'm a fan of dejan i hope he goes well definitely and um i've got we've got a little bit about preseason and the warriors but before that 
um, our friend, friend of the show, Buzz Rothfield, um, has come out and declared that the Kangaroos are a better football side than the All Blacks. Um, thought it would just be an interesting conversation to have um, with you and the, the avid rugby supporter that you are. I could kind of agree with him on the All Blacks currently. Mm. Um, they're, they're not really being the powerhouse that they have before, but um, it's apples and oranges kind Mate, of deal. It's a different sport. It's a stupid yeah. argument. It's like saying the New England Patriots are better than the bloody Wallabies or yeah the the French football team the French soccer team are better than the All Blacks. It's just I, I know it's uh, it's a little closer together the two the two yeah. uh, code codes, but completely different um, horses for courses. Union Ford's and, completely different. Roles are all different. Game styles different. So. I think as well the opposition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, um, Australia, the Kangaroos have, you know, two or three other teams that have the potential to beat them. Um, where, you know, there's just so much competition in the international rugby union side of things that you mm. know any team can on their day go in there. And yeah, it's um, yeah, I. I don't even know why I wanted to bring it up. I just wanted to see what you'd say. Um, <laughs> you just wanted yeah. to wind me up. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, interesting take from Buzz. I know he, he does a, he, he, he's old now, okay? It's, mm. uh, I don't know. He just wanted to make a conversation point, I guess. Um, you know, it's in the off-season. you got to say something to keep yourself relevant. Um, and that seemed to have done the trick. So we'll move on. Um, the preseason matches have all been announced now. Um, we talked a few weeks ago that they were looking at doing like a preseason challenge, and they've kind of done that, but it's it doesn't really seem like they've done anything special other than um, St. Helens are obviously coming down for the World Club Challenge, but they've actually got a game against the Dragons for some reason um, in the preseason of all teams to pick. They pick the Dragons. I don't know why, but... Um, the preseason games kick off on the uh, the Thursday, the 9th of February, um, with actually the Warriors playing the Tigers at Mount Smart. Um, then on the Friday, they have Night Sharks, Rabbitoh Seagulls. Then the Saturday, they have Eels, Panthers, the Dragons, St. Helens game, and then the All-Stars, Men and Women in Rotorua. Um, then Sunday, they have Storm Roosters, Raiders, Bulldogs, Cowboys, Dolphins, and Broncos and Titans. And they've kind of called that the preseason challenge. Um, uh, they were kind of talking about it being a tournament, but it doesn't really seem like it because everyone's just playing one team um, like a normal preseason week. But then in the second week, um, we have Knights, Eels, Roosters, Seagulls, Dragons, Rabbitohs, the Panthers, St. Helens, World Club Challenge, um, the Broncos and Cowboys, the Storm play the Warriors in Christchurch, then we have Tigers, Raiders, Bulldogs, Sharks, and Dolphins, Titans. So um, there's a few good matchups in there, but it's preseason, you know, you, you come to expect. Um, and, yeah, Simon's mentioned St. Helens, St. George, which team will have to change the colour of their jersey. Um, <laughs> I assume it would be St. Helens because they're the visiting team. Um, and, yeah, and Simon's also said tickets for the All-Star match in Rotor will be available to the general public from 12 tomorrow. 
So um, I, I had a look at them. I got an advance as a Warriors member, and the prices aren't cheap, Richie. Um, had me no. second guessing. Yeah. Um, second guessing, and a lot of tickets are already gone. Um, so it's going to be a quick sell out tomorrow. So I'll I'll have a look again um, in the morning and hopefully get some tickets. But if you want to go, you definitely got to get them fast. So um, make sure you do. And then the last story I got um, is the Warriors because we haven't talked about them yet. Um, the Warriors players that are back at preseason um, have been out working non-footy jobs in various fields. Um, they basically, they go to the gym in the morning for a workout from five and then the whole group went to Manukau um, to join Downer. And um, basically, I've got a quote here from um, the coach, old Webby. He said, it gives them a chance to experience and respect what ordinary people do every day, as well as providing a deeper appreciation of the privileged existence they have as professional athletes. It's also a test of their resilience, getting up early to train, doing a full day's work, and then training again in the evening. It ticks a lot of boxes and also enables us to reconnect with our community after being in Australia. Um, so there's 40, 40 players and staff that are involved and they'll split into five groups. I saw pictures. There were some doing like construction. Stacey Jones and Jazz Tavanga must be fan favorites of uh, Webby because they got to work in the cafe and make coffees. Um, and there were some doing like cones and all sorts. Um, it's not, it's a new thing for the Warriors, I believe. I don't think they've done it that much before. But I know Melbourne Storm basically do it every year mm. um, with the new, basically every new recruit they get kind of goes through this process. Um, I think it's kind of a win-win. It's good for the players to get a bit of an understanding. It's a bit of a win PR-wise as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um What's your takes on it? And, um, what do you yeah. think? No, I, I think it's a cool idea. Um, I think you're right. It ticks a lot of boxes, and, and I just would have liked to have maybe had a player or two thrown in my wagon with me and come to work with me. That would have been cool. Yeah, they. I think they're trying to get them to do work that's actually challenging um, <laughs> to, to build some resilience in them. Um, besides making the the cafe coffees, no disrespect to coffee makers out there, I couldn't do it. But um, yeah, I think it's great. Um, and yeah, hopefully that bodes well for us next year, Richie. Yeah, so, um, we'll move on uh, to injuries. Um, we only, really only had two. Um, Chanel Harris Tavita failed his HIA in the 46th minute of the final after getting an elbow to the face. We'll save the talk about that for the Naughty Boy corner. Um, and then uh, Kiwi Fern um, Racine McGregor injured her wrist during the women's final but stayed on. Um, there's no word on if she's going to require any surgery, um, but full credit to her and what was a, a perfect example of a game where you could just say, I'm injured, I'm going off, um, to stick it out. And um, yeah, Chanel, not a great way for Chanel's potential last ever match to end. Um, but what are your what are your takes on the injuries there? Not a lot because we're in the off season now. So Yeah, exactly. Probably good timing. They they can both now have a rest and uh, recover over the off season. Uh, I did feel for Chanel that potentially being his last game's not the coolest way to finish. Um, I'll just have my fingers crossed he has a bit of time back. away and then has a realization he misses the game 
um, greatly and wants to come back to the Warriors. Fingers crossed. And that takes us into the Naughty Boy Corner where Angus Crichton's received a two-match ban for grade B reckless striking for raising his elbow against Chanel. Um, he is rumoured to be looking at fighting it. Um, there's no word on when it's actually going to happen because it's now off-season. Um, he has apologised to Chanel and apparently they're going on a tiki tour around the UK together now um, before Angus has to go back for, for training. Um, what's, first, what's your take on the elbow? And you know, um, he, he got a sim bin. Do you think it deserves two weeks? Do you think it should have been a red card? Um, uh, yeah, I think it definitely deserves some punishment. Uh, if you put the ball into Chanel's hand, and it was Angus doing a bit of defensive work, and he elbows him in the face, um, you get punished. Uh, it's, it tends to get um, scrutinised more when it's when it's the other way around for whatever reason. But yeah. um, I don't know if it was completely intentional, but, yeah, like Mikey said, probably a reflex reaction, but it's still a raised yeah. elbow. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Whacked them in the side of the head and knocked them out. So um, can't can't I, be com- completely like uh, void of punishment. Yeah, I I'm fine with the two weeks just on the fact that Adam Dwayhe, you know, got got a week for um, you know verbally saying something to the ref. So I 100% agree with Mikey. I think there was no intent in it. It was a reflex action. Um, you know, Crichton, you know, he doesn't have the cleanest rap sheet, but he's he's not a, a Hargraves yeah. type of character either. Yeah. So I have no issues when he says it was an accident and he apologised. And Chanel, um, you know, is a decent character. So he, he's accepted it and moved on like, like you should. There's no bad blood. But, yeah, I, th- I think a week or two weeks, um, it'll be fine. It's... They, they count it with the NRL's stupid system. They count it in preseason anyway. So it's not going to affect any um, actual competition games. So yeah, um, it's interesting to see that he bothered to fight it, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, um, unfortunate that it just happened to uh, a player I, I admire and I wanted to see actually last um, the whole game. But um, that's it really. So we may as well jump into the three games we've got. Um, I'll let you take over since I took over this from you um, most of the World Cup. All right. So the wheelchair tournament, we had 
England pipping France 28 to 24. A very close game. One of the closer games of the tournament, Brad. Uh, I know I'm. I know from the feedback you've given, you've loved the tournament so far. I sort of looking at the game prior to the game. I thought France might edge this one, but um, great for England to come out on top. And um, I thought very tense game, and, and I think the tournament as a whole has been really entertaining. Yeah, um, yeah, came into this completely oblivious to wheelchair rugby as we've discussed the last couple of weeks and they've really gravitated towards the game. Um, love the final. Um, it was probably the the best, it was in my hands down the best game to watch for me um, of the finals out of the three. Um, I had no horse in the race, which might have helped. Um, and it was so close. And I, yeah, I basically, everyone I wanted to win um, lost this week. Spoilers yeah. for the others. Um, I thought France were the most impressive team throughout, but England were also hitting up triple digits against teams as well. Um, and it, yeah, it was a nail biting finish almost. Um, but yeah, fantastic game. And I really hope this has put all the eyes they want um onto it to hopefully grow it in other countries so we get more um teams at the next world cup you know it'd be great to see a new zealand team in there um and if that will happen i'm not sure but hopefully it it shows um more people what it is and who knows what could happen um both internationally and if you ever saw a wheelchair version in australia we're not necessarily a whole nrl model but, you know, who knows if you could get players in Australia and New Zealand that want to play. I don't know. Um, it's probably a long time away. Um, I've just, yeah, um, all in love with it. So. I'd love to jump into a chair, Brad, and just take you, on one, on, take you on one-on-one. They they move so fast. Um, I can't remember I his name. The, um, the young guy for England that came off the bench and he, he scored a nice try. He's super quick, and I don't understand how it works. I, I don't. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but it's it's kind of lets everyone. It doesn't matter if you're a big bopper like myself or mm. a, a little skinny mini. Um, you can all go out there, and you're not going to completely bully people because you're too big or you're too mm. slow. It's definitely got its own kind of athleticism and coordination, eh? I mean, yeah, they, they've definitely got it down pat now like you say, very quick, but also agile and, and can turn really quickly on a dime. And um, some of the lines they they wheel through are really impressive. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, fantastic game. But, yeah, full credit goes to England. They um, they kept the heads up. It looked like they were, you know, going to lose it at, um, towards the end of the game, and they managed to, to come back and, and take it. So, yeah, fantastic. Um, yep. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yep, congrats, England. I, I probably enjoyed that game a lot more than this next one. The women's final, Australia 54, New Zealand 4. Uh, we were hopeful, Brad, before the game that the, um, the New Zealand team might have a decent chance given how close the, the last game between the two nations was. It was a very close game. Didn't turn out to be that way. I know you were also a bit fearful that um, Australia might have a bit too much, and so it was the case. Um, 
New Zealand never really in, in the race in this one. And Australia's big stars stood up and, and yeah, the score blew out to not a very nice score if, if you're a Kiwi supporters like us. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, we did talk about it last week where like, the Kiwi Ferns lost by two in the final round of the round robin. So they could either win the game, lose by two, or they could lose by what we saw, 50. Yeah. It's just, it's the fear I always have with Australian teams, men and women. You know, one day they could go out there and have a tight tussle, and the next day they put a cricket score on. Mm. Um, and that's what we saw here. They were just ready for it and um, never let the, the Kiwi Ferns in. Um, the Kiwi Ferns were valiant. They, they didn't really let themselves down. It was just a better team, um, yeah. as cliche as that sounds. Um, the the Jillaroos were just far too good. And, um, yeah, Mikey said in the shadow of the Black Ferns. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would have been great to see both girls' teams take glories. Yeah. Um, but at least we got one. And, um, yeah, Simon also mentioned about the World Cup. Um, the next World Cup is going to use the same format um, with the three tournaments in 2025 in France. So I'm just hopeful that we get a few more nations into the wheelchair and the women's tournaments as well. So you've yep. got a few more teams. I think it would be great but yeah um well done to australia um getting the honors here um i think i always kind of had them pegged as the world cup winners before it started yeah. and um yeah unfortunately um it wasn't a close game but hopefully that gives some um, fuel to the fire for the kiwi ferns for the next time they play and um they can get some revenge yeah and Absolutely. The next game was the men's happen. final. Yeah, yeah, I want to pretend. I want to pretend like it didn't happen, Brad. And we said pre-tournament. We did our pre-tournament picks. I think I was the only one that tipped Australia, um, given how good the Kiwis squad looked and how strong the island nations looked. But we I took them here, and um, Rue also backed you on the yeah. show that we did with Rue and Hammer. Yes. Um, it was the last result I wanted to see, but I could. It's just like every other World Cup. I could. I could feel it was. It felt almost inevitable, um, even with players defecting to other nations, to island nations. The, the squad just still looked like a squad full of winners. Um, so as it turned out, Australia thirty, Samoa ten. Um, I thought it was a relatively brave effort from Samoa, given it's their first. First sort of cameo into a World Cup grand final. Yeah, um, I thought if a couple more things went their way from the start, we saw a forty twenty attempt where Tedesco stepped on the line uh, towards the start of the game. You know, I just felt like yeah. someone needed to get off to a good start and apply scoreboard I, pressure on Australia. Because I just once want to the, you there, Richie, it wasn't a forty twenty attempt; it was a forty twenty. That was it was a forty twenty. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like. You felt like Samoa needed to get off to a good start and apply some scoreboard pressure because once Aussie get ahead, they're just so good from in front and very yeah. hard to run down. I mean, you have to get ahead and actually make them panic a little bit, but um, unfortunately, wasn't the case. Yeah, um, but they showed heart. You know, they they got points on the board um, yeah. when the game was the game was over, but they they got some points to make it look a bit more interesting and. Um, you know, 30 to 10 loss in the final um, isn't, you know, you want to win, but that's not actually that bad. Most people 
and Oz were kind of predicting it was going to be a scoreline more like the the women's tournament and that Samoa would get put to the sword. Um, and yeah, it wasn't the case. It was just, again, rinse and repeat what I said about the women. That Australian team is, is stacked and yeah. they were just too good. And um, yeah, I on the Ruin Hammer show, I came in full of huff and puff. I said New Zealand would make the final and I did say that if Australia made the final, they'd lose to Tonga or Samoa. So I was happy I got Australia versus Samoa there, but I didn't get the outcome. Um, yeah, they just, as our show title suggests, um, who needs warm-up matches? Australia yeah. went in cold and never, never needed to. They never really got challenged, I would say. Yeah, uh, Closest would have been the, the Kiwis game. Kiwis yeah, challenge. The, yeah. That was the only challenge, I would say. Um, but even then, they still looked reasonably comfortable. Um, being behind, they never looked worried. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's just um, they're just too many, too many good players there. It's just <laughs> unfortunate. Um, but yeah, congratulations um, to them. Um, we're going to get the next one in France. It's going to be the Kiwis' time to shine. Um, hopefully, a lot of those Kangaroos players. Um, are uh, retiring. I am uh, Mikey mentioned um what about Munster vaping? Yeah, there was an image of uh, Munster <laughs> vaping in the changing rooms after the game. Um and he hasn't been in trouble like Kevin Proctor. I don't know if I don't know if in the UK at the stadiums if they have a um like no smoking rule or not. Um like Australia does. So that might be it. And generally after a final things like that kind of go out the window. And um, I think Proctor was more in trouble because it was during a game as well, not after a game. Um, like you see it in the NBA and everything when they win um, the championship, they're all smoking cigars and stuff in the chain of rooms. I I don't know. Um, it's also Munster. Munster's a bit more protected anyway. He does cocaine and nearly he gets does cocaine and gets <laughs> gets no punishment. So yeah, yeah. Um, they're probably happy that it was a picture of him vaping instead. Yeah. Um but yeah, did you have anything else to add on that game before we move on or Nah, other than I'm dirty on the result. <laughs> um it was always gonna happen. There was an Australian ref. Um, you know. Yeah. That's what it is. Um okay, so that was yeah, the World Cup and um we'll go into the World Cup a little bit more in our questions anyway. But Paul, were there any other questions? Oh yeah, so Simon says Saint Helens Rugby League ground um is sponsored by a vaping company. There you go. Were there any other questions from the audience, Paul? I think he's trying to find some. Yes, no. He's busy, man. Nope, covered stuff from the audience as we've gone on. Okay, cool. So um, we'll go with your one first, or my one to you first, because I think your one's a bit bigger. Uh, Mine was just, what's your best moment from the World Cup? Um, again, for me, it was the Island Nations uh, showing up to the party again. We saw it last World Cup. We saw it again this World Cup. I think the Samoa versus Tonga game was probably one of my biggest highlights from the World Cup. Um, yep. Seeing the challenges before the game, full of intensity, but respectful as well. Um, and then the game, just full of brutality. But then Samoa beating England too in the semi-final to make their first grand final in golden point that was probably my overall moment of the world cup for me personally but 
yeah, I think I could just sum it up by saying that Ireland Nation's doing what they doing what they've done the past couple of World Cups is um, fantastic for me. I'm not Australian; they'd probably say winning the winning the <laughs> cup, but I take no joy from that. I take no joy at all. Um, <laughs> I'll go left field then. Um, I kind of had the same answer as you, but I'll go with seeing Jamaica score their first try. Yeah, uh, that was cool. Middle, I didn't like who it was against, but um, it was great to see. And um, just those little nations, you know, everyone was talking about how much they were getting flogged and that they shouldn't be there, um, which I kind of understand that idea, but I feel it's disrespectful to those players because they're out there, you know, busting their ass. Um, yeah doing what they can um it's not their fault that they're nowhere near australia or new zealand level but seeing guys like jamaica you know are jamaica ever going to be a powerhouse in rugby league most likely not but you know if they can keep doing what they're doing and growing you know they could become a team that if if not competitive at least enjoyable to watch Mm. um which we understand as warriors fans um you know we, we just want to watch our team be entertaining. We know they're not going to win a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> negativity from the season still here. Um, and, yeah, Simon also said um, Greece scoring in the first trial was great as well. Yeah, and the story of Greece, there were so many of those little stories from those small mm-hmm. nations that was just great. And then, obviously, my wheelchair um, infatuation. Um, but, yeah, your question for me now because it's a bit bigger. So my question to you was, do you think the World Cup was a success overall? Um, how would you rate it and for what reasons? Why? Yeah, so um, before that, Simon's actually made a good point. Um, he said the World Cup's not necessarily about the top teams. Um, it's about a whole bunch of teams. If you want to watch the top teams, you do a tri-series. Yeah. Um, but then the sport never grows. So, yeah, I agree yep. with that. It's You've got to let those smaller nations have a bit of a taste. But yeah, your question, um, do I think it was a success and how would I rate it and why? Um, I think it was a success. I know there was so many issues um, off the field and then the one-sided scores and things like that. But um, a lot more people, I think, down in the Southern Hemisphere were actually paying attention and watching it. We had people talking about the wheelchair um, form. People were discussing the women's game. It wasn't all just about the men. Um, competition. So on that note, I take it as a success. Um, we saw teams like Samoa, um, you know, get redemption and make upset teams and make the final. That was a success. You know, everyone was kind of putting it down before it started. It was going to be Australia, England or Australia, Tonga, New Zealand, Australia. You know, they kind of basically had written the script on what was going to happen. So to see a few upsets in there, um, I think it was good rating it. I would probably still, I'd probably give it a seven out of 10. I think it was entertaining for me. I didn't like how much I had to pay to watch it. That's nothing to do with them. (laughs) Um, And I didn't like that. The Kiwis didn't make the final. Uh, So I bring it down there. But yeah, overall, I thought it was good. And hopefully um, it gets better in France. Um, I know I saw a lot of people saying they want it in the, the southern hemisphere again um i am i saw someone pushing that new zealand should push to have it in 2029 um as the sole um host instead of sharing it with australia i think that would be great yeah um but yeah 
France is a place where rugby league is actually trying to grow right now um, with the Super League and everything. So it seems like a good fit there. Um, it just means early mornings again for us, unfortunately. But we've got a couple of years to get ready for it, so it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but what about you? Did you did you think it was a success, and how would you read it? Yeah, I I think overall it was. Um, obviously, there was a lot of some of the games in the in the earlier stages were relatively one sided, and and maybe maybe the crowds weren't completely chocker. But I think once the longer the tournament went on and once they got to the, the knockout games, the games became a lot more competitive and, and um, you know, exciting to watch. Uh, disappointed, obviously, that the Kiwis didn't go all the way. Um, but I also, in a t- sort of world stage tournament like that, look for some kind of way that it, that it makes an impact. And I think, um, again... Hate to sound like a broken record, but the Island Nations um, doing well again in Samoa, making the final. Just seeing sort of in Australia, New Zealand, and Samoa, um, all the flags and the colours and the celebrations um, and the impact that that had. So, I think from that standpoint, it might not be success in the same way that maybe a Rugby World Cup is, where you have multiple teams that that could win it and every game's a sellout. But I think it has had its impact in its own way, um, but just like the last World Cup did. So I think it's growing, and I think it'll. I hope it continues to grow. Yeah, um, and yeah, um, Simon's put in there that the um, the Kiwis, uh, the New Zealand Rugby um, chairman of New Zealand Rugby League's um, opposed to New Zealand being the the host, saying it's not commercially viable in New Zealand. Um, which is disappointing to hear, but I kind of yeah. get it. Um, but it's, yeah, uh, we can agree to disagree. He's, I guess he's the chairman for a reason uh, compared to, to me sitting <laughs> in my room here. Um, and Paul's also asked, should there be a bowl or plate comp for teams that don't make the quarterfinals? Nah, that's a rugby union thing where everyone's a winner, you know. Um, league, there's only winners and losers, um, Paul. <laughs> We're, we're a bit more evolved from that. So, um, no, we don't even play for third place. Um, Brad, with the uh, if you're not first, you're last mentality. 100%. And you're only only as good um, only only as good as your last as well. So, um, yeah. What, what do you think? Do you think they should do, like, even a, a playoff for third? or? Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I was just going to say a playoff for third would have been cool because – um, New Zealand Tonga. Well, no, New been, Zealand. Would have been New Zealand versus England. Yeah, which right. yeah, yeah. I would have. I would have woke up to watch that. Um, but yeah, and like Paul said, um, it, it would give the small nations more games. Um, that yeah, I can see that point. Like you could, while the the big boys are playing in the quarters, and that you get those smaller nations getting some more competitive games. So it, there's there's reasoning behind your idea there, Paul. I'll give you credit where it's due. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I suppose that it's just the length, how long the World Cup would be and the extra cost maybe. I'm not sure. Um, the extra cost of having extra stadiums. But you could do it as warm-ups before the, the big games, I guess, at the same stadium. Yep. You can make it work. 
um, put your thoughts down, Paul, and we'll we'll send it to the International Rugby League and see what they say. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to add before we move on, Richie? No, no, I'm good, mate. All right. So um, with no games to preview and this being our, our last show for the season, I thought it'd be a good time to discuss our highs from season three um, of the standoff and have a, a quick glimpse at season four. Um, I'll let you start first with your highs for the year, Richie. It was and, tough. Think- and your lows if you want to be negative. It was tough thinking of highs from from a Warriors fan, fan point of view. Um, so yeah, there there was a couple of lows. The the seventy points we conceded was definitely a low. Um, but I think for me, probably the the biggest highs were the homecoming games to Mount Smart. Um, unfortunately, I, I didn't get to be there in the flesh, but just to see Mount Smart again and and the Warriors running out onto it. Um, you, you know, it felt right. It got you feeling all kinds of feels if you're a diehard like like yourself and, and I am, Brad. So seeing us come home to full stadium and actually perform well, a um, couple of our best performances this year were at Mount Smart. So uh, goes to show over the COVID period what we've been missing um, and that, um, you know, the home ground advantage can make you grow a bit of an arm and a leg. Um, so yeah, that that was that was one of my highs definitely, and and just being on here every week with you you guys chatting as well, so, um, yeah, added a lot to it as well. Yeah, I kind of had the same. Um, it was a hard season to get through as a Warriors fan, but doing this show each week definitely helped get through. Um, it was our longest season to date as well, and we got so close. Cracking the big hundred episodes, um, kind of timed it perfectly to end before the hundredth. Um, and I just love being on here chatting footy with you, and can't wait to build the show bigger and better next year. Um, and yeah, like Paul said, having a Wednesday therapy session—that's <laughs> effectively what it was. Yep. Um, just a chance. It was kind of like when you lived in Auckland, Richie, and we would, you know, complain on the drive home from Mount Smart about what yep. we just saw. Absolutely. So it was basically that. Um, and, yeah, a big thank you needs to go to you, Richie, for joining me every week. Paul, for keeping the engine running in the background. Um, I, she never watches, but my partner, for allowing me to spend countless hours watching footy and working on the show notes. Um, and, obviously, everyone that, you know, watches and comments and that. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's been a great year, a long year. Yeah. Um, we're usually resting by now. Um, but, yeah, um, looking forward to what the future brings. feel like, um, yeah, hopefully we can do some good stuff. Obviously, Season 4 um, will start in 2023, and the next show we do will be our 100th episode. Um, not really sure when it's going to be yet. We still haven't figured it out. We're still working on ideas on what we want to do for the Big 100. But if you have any ideas, let us know. Um, Paul's interested in how I'm going to make it bigger and better. I have no idea, Paul. It's... I I think that next year, if anybody who watches and comments is in Auckland for one of the games, Brad said he's going to take us out and shout us bears before the game. Oh, yeah. That that sounds like something. I wouldn't even do that for you, Richie. Um, 
But um, yeah. yeah, obviously, if you've got ideas on things you'd like us to do for the hundredth, um, yeah, Paul said thought we were going to have a big announcement. We just haven't had ideas yet on. Want to do something? Um, <laughs> Mike said more positivity next year. I really hope so. Yeah, uh, that's, that's kind of very reflective on how our Warriors team performs. Um, but speaking of that too, we were meant to do a show at Ruin Hammer last week. Um, Hammer was a bit crook and unlike the standoff, when we're sick, we actually play on. Um, he decided <laughs> to have the, the week off. So we are now doing a show with them uh, about the 2023 draw tomorrow night at 10 o'clock New Zealand time. Um, yeah, super soft. Um, I know they're probably not watching right now, so I can say it and I'll deny it tomorrow. But um, but yeah, so if you want to watch us again, check in um, on their channel tomorrow. Um, but yeah, uh, season starts first week of March. So I assume we'll be back in February, Richie. Yeah. Yep. So we'll, we'll, it'll be out on social media well before then what we're going to do for our 100th. But then, um, yeah, a few weeks before round one, we'll be back into our 2023 season, looking into the preseason games and looking forward to round one. And um, suntans and beach bods, Paul, they'll be all Richie. That's um, that's <laughs> that's how Bad's growing the show. He's going to do his shirt off special next year. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to add before we sign off for the last time in 2022? No, just echoing your thoughts, Brad. Thanks, thanks for the year. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and and Paul and everybody who's tuned in and commented. It's been great having some more people who like to watch the footy like us and then have a yarn about it. So, yeah, it's been a pleasure, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in tonight and joining us for the last standoff with Brad and Richie for 2022. Thank you again. Um, good night, everyone, and see you in 2023. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.